Hey, what's up, everybody? Isaac here, Civil Engineering Academy. Excited to be with you on another sweet podcast episode. Today, I bring on a special guest, Mackenzie Allen. She was a member of one of our, actually both of our courses, the Ultimate Civil FE Review Course and the Ultimate Civil PE Review Course. And she has a fascinating story as to how she passed both the FE and the PE exam. Raised by a single mother that was a hairstylist and found herself getting into the world of engineering and how she did that and how she was able to pass these exams. It was a huge milestone for her. We love to talk to previous students of our courses and hear their success stories. And Mackenzie's amazing. So I think you're really going to enjoy this if you've been preparing for your FE or PE exam in any form, or even if you're going through school, preparing for a career in civil engineering, this is definitely going to be an episode you're going to want to check out. So anyway, we're excited to share this with you. And um, if you need help with your FE or PE exam, definitely check us out at civilengineeringacademy.com. We have the courses to help you ace this stuff and uh, we're ready to help you. So anyway, without further ado, Mackenzie Allen is coming up right after this. Today's podcast is brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is awesome. It's 100% real chocolate, 100% delicious. If you have not tried these, I don't know what's wrong with you. They recently came out with a coconut brownie chunk, which is amazing. I'm a big coconut fan, so if you're in the coconut camp, you gotta try that. If not, what's wrong with you? Just kidding. They have lots of other different flavors, so go check them out. They have strawberry, they've got cherry lime, peanut butter brownie, coconut, again, different types of coconut bars, raspberry, double chocolate, and all kinds of stuff. This stuff is way better than a candy bar for you. Definitely a snack you want as you're studying for your FE or PE. It's got 130 calories, only 2.5 grams of fat, 4 net carbs, 4 grams of sugar, 17 grams of protein. This is way better than what's out there for other protein bars and definitely better than candy bars. So go check it out at civilengineeringacademy.com slash built. And use our discount code of CIVAC and you'll get a 10% off on anything that you order there. So go check that out. Hey, what's up, everybody? If you need a free guide to help you crush the PE exam and get started the right way with proven tips and resources to get started on your preparation for the PE exam, go get our free guide. It's at civilengineeringacademy.com slash PE guide. You'll be taken there. Get signed up. We'll shoot you over the guide for free. Go check it out. We'll give you all the juicy details there. Go check it out at civilengineeringacademy.com slash PE guide and get started on your PE prep right away. All right, we are live and running. So Mackenzie, thank you for joining me on the Civil Engineering Academy podcast. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I'm looking forward to talking with you. Yeah, it's going to be fun. So I always love to start these and I've done this with many others, but just kind of Give us a background of how you found yourself into this world of civil engineering. How did we end up here? So I kind of took a long route. <laughs> it's a long story, but I'll start at the beginning. I'm from Oklahoma. I was raised by a single mom. She's a hairstylist. And I grew up kind of going to the salon with her and interacting with her customers, which I feel like was really nice for me. I got to spend all day with my mom and then also gain some really good social skills. I feel like early on in my life, talking with adults and everything. And she's had some of those customers and worked with some of the same women since I was six years old. So I feel like they've kind of become an extended family for me. And they are some of my biggest supporters. So I definitely would not be here without them and without my mom. So from that point, I guess she, you know, she always encouraged education. I'm also a first generation in my family to go to college. And so I, I just felt like that was always something she sought 
for me to be successful at and to, you know, have just a good foundation to get to a point where I would be able to go to college. So whether that was, you know, tutoring, I struggled with reading at a pretty early age. And it was actually because I needed glasses, we found out. (laughs) But I took a lot of, you know, early reading courses and things like that. I took ACT prep. It was basically anything possible. She was just so encouraging with that and just made everything available to me that way, you know, I was going to be successful in school. And so in high school, I loved math and science. And those were my best subjects for sure. But I graduated with above a 4.0. So I was very good in school. And I've always really, really loved school. I love college and everything. But being a first generation and not really having, I guess, people to ask about college, I didn't really know the first thing about deciding on a degree or how to pick a school or any of that. But luckily, Oklahoma has this really cool program called Oklahoma Promise. And Oklahoma Promise basically is if you are in a family whose income is below a certain threshold, you also meet the GPA requirement. And there's a few other things that I had to meet. They offer to pay your tuition if you go to an in-state school, which is huge. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah. And they offer to pay that for four to five years of your education. So that kind of, I guess, helped me start looking at, okay, what degrees can I get that is going to get me out of school in four to five years? So I'm not graduating with a ton of debt, but also set me up in a space where I have the job stability when I graduate and I'm not going to have to be seeking, you know, a master's or potentially have to go back to school one day. So with that, and then kind of my love for math and science, I got kind of focused on the STEM fields, I guess, is what I started researching. And then engineering was really what kind of spoke to me the most just because I've always been interested in bridges. I've always been interested in like geology and rocks and just kind of all the the sciencey things and math things in the world. And luckily for me, one of my mom's customers actually was a petroleum engineer and he offered to let me shadow him one summer. And Mm. so I was just like, I'm going to go see kind of like what his day-to-day looks like, learn a little bit about his style of engineering in terms of petroleum and just kind of investigate that. And so I think I spent like a week at that firm. I just got to either sit in on meetings or I would go into different people's offices and they would kind of just give me the rundown of what they did throughout the day. And I thought that was super fascinating. And so after researching, I guess, petroleum a little bit more, and at that time, this was like 2013, 2014, I feel like oil was humongous. It was booming. It was a great career to be in. So I was like, I'm going to declare that I want to be a petroleum engineer. And the school that had the best possibility for that was OU, the University of Oklahoma. And luckily I got in and met all the criteria and everything. I think I even got a few extra scholarships on top of the Oklahoma Promise. So it was really nice for me just to take that financial burden off of my mom. And then knowing that, okay, I can get out of here in four to five years and also hopefully not graduate with a ton of debt. So I went into OU as a petroleum engineer and quickly realized that college was way harder than high school and middle school. (laughs) It was so hard for me. The Once I got to my core classes in petroleum, I think my GPA was like a 2.9 or something. I just really, really was struggling. And that was kind of the first time that I had ever struggled in school. um, Just because like I said earlier, I had over a 4.0 and I just never felt like I was that challenged in school until I got to college. 
And so I kind of started looking into what is challenging me so much with these petroleum classes. I actually made it all the way to my junior year. It was my first semester junior year. I finished that semester. That was one class particular. I think it was called Rock Properties. It was impossible. (laughs) And I studied so, so much. And I think I got like a 30% on an exam or something. And I was just like, maybe petroleum engineering is not for me. And that's what made me kind of start considering I should change my major. And so at that point in school, I was like, man, I'm already nearly three and a half years into this. Like, how am I going to still meet my plan of graduating in four to five years? That way I can meet the scholarship and get out of school with a good degree. And my counselor at the time, or I guess advisor at the time at OU suggested to look into mechanical or civil just because the classes were pretty similar to what I had already taken for petroleum. And so they would likely transfer and I would maybe end up with a year delay in my degree. Civil, I think, immediately was the most interesting to me because I'm such a visual learner. And I was like, everything with civil is visual. You can see roads, you can see bridges, you can see buildings. And so that was the one that I ended up deciding. And I feel like I've never looked back since then. My classes became so much easier. I really enjoyed studying for them because I thought it was super interesting. So it's kind of amazing how you can try to force yourself into a niche. But if it's just not your learning style, or if it doesn't interest you, I feel like I made college way harder because I chose the wrong space to begin with. But at the same time, I'm glad that that happened because now I feel like I just appreciate civil engineering so much more. But luckily, I graduated. It only took me an additional year. So I graduated in five. So I met my goal, which was great. And then I mentioned earlier when we were talking before we started recording that I got an internship in 2018 from a company called H&TB. They're a transportation firm. And I just celebrated my five-year work anniversary with them. So... It's been a great space. Yeah. I love that that was kind of my journey, but it definitely was worth it. I feel like to kind of self-assess myself in college and say, you know, these classes are hard and they were hard for a reason. I just feel like they didn't fit my learning style at all. So I'm grateful for civil engineering. That's amazing. That's a really neat story. I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of challenges in there. I'm sure your mom is really proud. Normally, being a female in this engineering industry, you know, is, I don't know, sometimes it's difficult, I guess. But mm-hmm. do you have any tips for anybody that may be going through the college process or maybe considering this field? Maybe what yeah. challenges they be up against? Yeah, I think, you know, having a mentor, whether that's, you know, professionally or having someone you can look to in college, I feel like is so important. Lucky for me, I have, you know, my mom is the strongest woman in my life for sure. And she was definitely there to kind of support me. But I also sought out other individuals that were in civil engineering or even just in engineering in general. So in college, they have the Society of Women Engineers uh, was something I was heavily involved in. And so that was just a space, like you were saying, to be surrounded by other women that are seeking and pursuing the same thing that you are. And when I was in petroleum as that major, my first three years of college, I think I was one of like four females in that (laughs) degree. So in a way, it was, I feel like that some good ways, I guess, of always speaking up, always asking questions, 
never feeling like I don't belong in a space just because I'm a female. I feel like we all have something great to offer in terms of just our thinking process and our backgrounds and everything. So it's, I think, just understanding that you're never really an outsider. You just have to make sure that you're asking questions and have some people that you can lean on, whether that's even just people that are in your class. I feel like it's always good to have an outlet to talk about things you're struggling with and just have people that are there to pick you up because it's hard to study for engineering. I mean, any engineering is hard and there are going to be classes that are challenging for sure. So just having a good study group, a good mentor, I feel like is the most important things. Great advice. So walk me through this a little bit. While you're in school, though, part of, you know, graduating, I'm sure was probably preparing for your FE exam. What was that experience like for you? So OU actually did this interesting thing where (laughs) my senior year, they made it a requirement to take it before you graduated. And like I said, I I didn't really know the first thing about civil engineering when I changed my major. And I kind of had to just kind of learn on the fly because I changed my major so late. And I didn't realize that the FE and PE were even a thing because that wasn't a thing in in petroleum engineering. And And it isn't really for most engineering. I feel like we're kind of the only discipline that almost requires you to have the PE just because it it sets you up so well professionally, I feel like, to get other jobs. And so when they announced this change, it was my senior year, I believe it was going into my second semester. So it was probably already like January, February timeframe. So we're basically all like, we need to start studying immediately because we're going to have to take it before the beginning of May. And I don't know, I had talked to a couple people at my work because I had an internship through that year that were like, oh, you know, I studied for a, a few weeks, like you'll be fine kind of thing. And I just took that to heart. And so I didn't study near as hard as I should have. I took it probably, I think it was like the first week of May. And I remember walking in and one, I was not prepared at all for how long of an exam it is. You have no water, you barely get a snack for that test. Just the the endurance you need for being able to sit and think for six hours at a time alone, I feel like you have to prepare for. And then just the confidence I lacked in terms of the types of problems that they asked me. I just remember sitting there and I was like, I just feel like it was almost a waste of my time just because I was not prepared. (laughs) So I did fail my first attempt. And I think I was comfortable because I already had a job. And I was like, oh, I can wait to take this exam. And that was probably mistake number two on my part because I waited an entire year after I graduated, which I feel like studying once you have a full-time job is near to impossible. I don't know how people do it with children. It's amazing because balancing time when you're working full-time is such a feat. So now I'm faced with, I'm working full-time, I need to take my FE. And now I'm kind of like behind, I guess, my coworkers because most of them have already passed their FE. And I guess I started feeling like a little bit of shame towards that or just, I just didn't feel like I was, I don't know, like I I couldn't be in successful in in civil engineering, I guess is kind of where my my thought process started going because I was like, I'm a year late on this. Now I'm going to have to wait to get my promotion because I was kind of pending my next move up basically in my firm because I needed to get my FE. And everyone I was surrounded with had passed it and I just never met someone that failed it. And I was like, all right, let's try this one more time. And I did set out. I studied for two and a half months and I felt like I was pretty diligent the second time around. I didn't take a class, but I did like dedicate the time, practice problems and everything. And when I got in to take it the second time, I felt like it was 10 times harder (laughs) than the first one I took. Even though I felt like I did prepare... It just, the questions that were on it 
I don't know. I just remember feeling like during the test that I almost panicked, I guess, just because I was like, I feel like I've taken the time to study for this. And it just, it seemed hard. So I knew kind of the outcome already as I was taking it that I probably wouldn't pass it the second time. So I think it's so every second. It once, you know, your second time taking it and you're still yeah. feeling not confident. Okay. Yeah. Which testing honestly like has always been a struggle for me i get really bad test anxiety but to me i do feel like i took the time to study for the second one so it was kind of surprising to me i guess but still i wasn't taking a course or anything so i think that's when i realized once i got my results back from the second one and failed the second time i was like we're in crunch time now because now i need this to get a promotion and obviously the self studying isn't working for me and I need something that's a little bit more structured. And I remember just getting on, I think I Googled it. I was just like, how to pass the FE? And something, one of your YouTube videos, I think came up and it was like tips to pass the FEP. And I started watching it. And immediately when you started talking, you mentioned how you failed your PE. And I was like, okay, like this is someone who actually understands what it's like to fail because like I was saying, I just felt so like uncomfortable in the space I was in just because everyone had passed around me. And I felt like, I don't know, I almost just felt like I wasn't smart enough, but that's not, failing doesn't make you not smart enough, you know? And so once I listened to your video, I think you mentioned at the end that you had a course. And so I immediately got on and looked and I initially thought I was like, man, this is kind of expensive. This is an investment. And I think I even emailed you. I probably still have the email, but I sent you a message saying, hey, I've invested in a lot of materials already. I've taken this thing twice, which, you know, it's like 200 bucks each time to take. And you offered me a discount code, which I thought was so nice. Like to this moment, I was just like, this person actually is kind and understands what I'm going through. So yeah, so I took your course. So I took my second one in May. I signed up to take my third FE in October. I think I immediately started your course and it just provided so much structure, just like school. And like I was saying earlier, I've always been really good at school. I'm good at meeting deadlines. And I feel like the just having something like a video basically that's keeping you accountable every day was what really fit my learning style the best and my study ability the best. So just getting through that and then getting to my exam... I was so confident in all the questions. I remember leaving there thinking I had gotten most of them right, which was such an opposite experience from what I experienced the two other times. But I think, again, that comes from you hit home so much, like you have to practice all these problems. You can't just watch the videos. You have to practice, practice, practice. And so I took that to heart and I I probably worked like 300 problems or more. Like I worked so many problems. It makes such a difference when you get to your exam. You're like, oh, I've done this type of problem a hundred times. So you can tackle it then. So luckily I passed my FB that time around. And then that kind of leads into my experience. <laughs> yeah, I got a promotion. Awesome. Yeah, immediately, which was really, really nice. And my firm, you start as an engineer, then you move to an engineer one and you can't move to an engineer two until you have your EIT. So that was a big move for me. <laughs> Well, that's fascinating. So you found Civil Engineering Academy by just Googling us and finding us. Yeah. I'm so glad you emailed us too. You know, and this goes for anybody that's out there that's struggling to pass these exams. I definitely know the pains of failing these exams. Mm -hmm. I was a repeat taker for the FE back when it was paper-based, but way back when, and you could actually <laughs> change which exam you wanted on the fly, but Crazy. you could do general or civil 
And I, mm-hmm. I remember the first time I took that, I tried to take it early in my college career and didn't have all the stuff that I needed to pass the civil right. on yeah. it. And then you always have the one friend that's in the same shoes as you and they yeah. managed to pass. And it's just like, exactly. what the heck? Yeah. And then you question yourself. You're like, what did I not do right? What is wrong with me kind of thing? And it's like, that has nothing to do with it. It just has everything to do with every single person is different. I think that's what I had to realize. I can't compare myself to others because that was only keeping me down. You know, I had to realize, okay, it's going to take me more time to study and it's going to take a class for me. And, and that's okay. It doesn't make me any less smart than anyone else. That's just the type of things that I need to be successful. So I feel like once I realized that, that was good. <laughs> Well, let's walk through your PE journey. What was your preparation like? So you passed the FE. What was your preparation like for the PE exam? Yeah. So the PE now is different because you can take it as soon as you want. I thought that was interesting just because I had I'd basically been studying since I started my job. So I was like, well, let's just move right into studying for the PE then. It'll be no different. So I think I took maybe a couple months off and then got back into studying for the PE. And at the time, I was like, maybe I don't need a class because Isaac has prepared me with like some sort of structure for studying. So I decided not to do a class. And at this point, I was probably two years out from, because you have to have four years experience to actually get your license. So when I started studying, I was at that kind of two-year mark out of school, basically. So still pretty early, I feel like, to even be thinking about the PE, just because the depth part, I feel like, is what you need to have experience in. And I was going to pick transportation. And for most of my career, I've just done transit, which doesn't really deal a lot with some of the standards and just the books and things that are required for the transportation exam. So that was kind of an eye-opener for me immediately when I started studying for depth and I chose transportation. I was like, man, this is going to take probably more time for me just because I haven't really done... I haven't ever done signal design. I haven't ever really looked at interchanges before anything like that. Really had never been in the green book other than like intersection site distance. So... It was definitely a big feat, I feel like, even then to start thinking about it. But I was like, I'm going to dive in and start studying. I studied for probably three and a half months, almost four, I think. And I had it to take in, I guess this was 22. So May of 22. And like I said, I didn't take a class or anything, but I do feel like I was diligent other than I had serious fear of missing out on things with my friends. And so anytime someone has something to do on the weekend or whatever, yeah, FOMO, I would make excuses and be like, oh, I don't want to miss out on this experience. So I can miss a day of studying, you know, and kind of got into that mindset. And I feel like once you miss, you know, a week or, you know, two weeks of days of doing that, that can be pretty detrimental, I feel like, to your success on the exam. So I definitely did that throughout that three and a half month stint that I had. And I did study, but like I said, I feel like I was pretty easy to make an excuse like, oh, I can do this tomorrow or oh, I can get to that subject or I think I've studied that subject enough. And so when I got to the PE, I felt pretty comfortable about the morning just because like I said, I'd kind of just been recently studying that, I guess, from my FE prep, but the depth portion was so hard. (laughs) And I definitely didn't practice enough like warrant problems. I think I had like four or five warrants on that test, which was crazy, which those are not that complicated, but you have to understand how to go to the MUTCD and understand kind of the process of even solving those problems. And there was a lot of conceptual problems that I was not at all prepared for either. And that was the very first exam that they are one of, I guess, the first rounds of exams that they had moved to computer-based testing to. 
and I didn't feel like I had practiced enough in the PDF form formats of all of the standards just because I just took way too long. I even ran out of time on the exam towards the end. So I just had to kind of start marking answers. So I did remember that from your FE class. You were like, never leave one blank. So I did at least put an answer, but I struggled through the, the last half of it. So anyways, when I got those results back seven days later and failed, I was pretty bummed just because I did spend time studying for it, but it obviously wasn't enough. And that's so, so hard to face, I guess, just because you're like, man, like I do feel like I have still kind of missed out to some degree on life for the last three and a half months. I haven't been working out like I'm used to, or I haven't been able to work overtime like I usually do or go on vacation or whatever that is. And so then it's like, man, I have to take this again. Like it was just so hard for me to deal with. And so then I was like, all right, this is why I don't self-study. I just need to use Isaac's class. (laughs) (laughs) So anyways, I decided to take it again. I waited a whole year. I'm big on that. I like to just wait as long as I can before I have to take it. But I do feel like that helped me kind of get my headspace back and kind of get the confidence again. Like I said, you get in this space after you fail of kind of like, you know, how do I get this done? Like you start kind of overanalyzing why like you're the one that failed and everyone else can pass it and stuff like that. And so I had to overcome all of that. And then I signed up for your class in February of 23. And I think this was the point in my life that I was so selfish. I was like, hey, everyone, work, friends, family. I can't hang out with you for three and a half months because I have to pass this exam. (laughs) But I do feel like that was one of the best decisions I've made for myself just because I was able to stay on schedule. I think out of you know, from February to May 31st when I took it, I think I missed like one or two days of studying, which is crazy. Wow. Yeah. I was super, super dedicated. I studied two hours a day after work. I studied four hours a day on Saturday and Sunday. I did both your depth and breadth course just because I wanted to have kind of just the best basis to do the best I could on the exam. Once I got through all the videos and your practice problems, I did some supplemental material through the School of PE as well. So like I said, I think I just practiced until I couldn't practice anymore on problems. And going into it the second time, I was way more confident. I felt like I could tackle the conceptual problems really easily. I was super familiar with all of my standards, which I feel like saved me so much time on the test. And even if I got to a problem that I was unsure of, I was able to kind of critically think through it because I was like, oh, maybe it's like this other problem I've done. And so I kind of knew after leaving it, I was like, I feel like I passed this. And I got my results seven days later and I did. So I feel like the class was definitely worth it. How did you feel when you saw your pass? Oh, gosh. So that was such a crazy day. I got it. I got my results at 7 a.m. And I texted my boyfriend. And I was like, I cannot open these. Like, I'm terrified to open these results. But only because I was like, if I open them during work hours, I'm going to either be really sad or I'm going to be really excited. But I, like I said, I was like pretty confident that I passed it, but I was just so like not ready to be disappointed, I guess, if I didn't. So I waited until 2 p.m. that day to open them. (laughs) I finally mustered mustered up the courage at 2 p.m. And it's nice because when you open them, you see green or red. So immediately you kind of know. And it was probably the best moment ever. After that, I like I texted everyone I knew and my mom met me for drinks after work. And it was just like such a big like relief moment, I guess. You realize that you don't have to ever take a test again. You realize all the struggle that you faced going, you know, through my failures of the FE, through my failure of the first time taking the PE. It was all worth it, even though it, it took me a lot longer than most. I feel like it was just 
I dedicated the time and I finally did it. So yeah, it was a big deal. It was a big release for sure. That's so awesome. You know, getting results, you know, your emotions are all over the place. (laughs) When I took it, they used to send you them in the mail. And if you took it in Mm. October, you would get results right before Christmas. So it'd be like the best Christmas. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my goodness. I had several friends that did that. I even had friends that studied for the April exam that was right before the pandemic happened and they got canceled and moved to October. So I'm glad I didn't have to go through any of that. But I did hear stories of how crazy that was too. So yeah, there was not a lot of happy students then. And I even got the director of the NCES to come on our podcast to talk about that. Oh my gosh. Check that out. I'll have to listen to that. (laughs) Then they started a podcast later, but they wanted to get the one out. (laughs) What do you think you enjoyed the most about the course or uh, PE course? I enjoyed the most the schedule. Like I said earlier, I think It's nice to, when you open it up, you have every video that you need with all the modules laid out exactly like they have it in the specifications, which I feel like was the biggest thing I struggled with when I was studying by myself. Because having to pull all that information together and try to figure out what you need to study takes a lot of time. So it's nice that once you open the course up, that's all done for you. And then you provided the homework planner, which I felt like for my style of learning and just how I am and work, I I work really well towards the deadline. And so you said, okay, let's do these homework problems, get through these modules in this week. And it's laid out over like a 12 or 13 week period. So that was really nice too. Just the structure that you start with, I feel like is so important, saves you so much time because trying to do that when you're self-studying, I feel like you can easily get distracted or easily spend too much time on just that part of it when you really need to just move on and start either reviewing or start practicing problems. So you start with that really good structure. And then from there, I just I feel like the content you provide from what I've experienced with some of the others is it's exactly what you need. There's nothing more than that, which is nice because I feel like you can get bogged down with some of the review books and things that I've seen with just over overachieving material that's probably not ever going to be on the exam. Whereas like yours is exactly what you need And I feel like most of the practice problems that you offered were very similar or almost exactly like what I saw on the PE, which was really, really nice. Just because, like I said, that gives you the confidence. If you get it in a conceptual form, you can kind of think through that better because you've seen it or seen it something similar to that. So yeah, I like the structure. It's just, it's very, very helpful. Well, that's great. What tips or what's a suggestion you may have for someone that... um... They haven't been able to pass this exam. Maybe they've done it three or four times. They're just not getting over the hump of doing this thing. So any tips around people struggling? Yeah, no, that's a good question. I think you have to self-analyze, you know, have you taken a course? If the answer is yes to that, have you tried a different one? Have you tried, if you're self-studying, I guess, you know, what materials have you had? I feel like what happens when you are studying, if you take a practice exam and then try to take the same one, you're not really benefiting from that other than, yeah, you might solidify the subject, but you almost start to memorize. And I feel like that's not what you need when you're going into something like the PE or FE. You need to have a foundation of problems that are all very similar to one another. That way, when you're faced with a problem like that, you can think through it versus just memorizing that one problem. And so I feel like, you know, if that person has gone through a course 
if you're retaking that course, I could see maybe a benefit of just like working through the practice problems and stuff. But you also probably need to seek out additional material or additional help elsewhere just so you are getting kind of a well-rounded foundation of whatever subject you're struggling on. That way it's not so, I guess, repetitive or you feel like you've kind of exhausted all your options. I know that there's so much material out there that's offered. And and I will say the School of PE had some pretty good review books that I used as well in comparison with your course. So I feel like just having those two things kind of helped me solidify exactly what was going to be in like a certain module or a certain subject. Yeah, I just feel like you have to self-assess and see see what you're doing and see if you can try something new. Because I feel like they say insanity is doing the same thing over and over again. There's obviously something that you personally are doing that needs to change, yeah. whether that's your class or the way you're studying or other I hear two things out of that. One of them, at least that I'm taking away, is a lot of times your attitude towards the exam also has a big effect. Like if, yeah. if you think that you hate the NCES or every problem is to get you or they're tricky all the time. Like if you're going in that way, you've probably already set yourself up for failure and yeah. it just kind of builds on each other because every time you take it, you know, you just start right. hating more and more and more. But um, yeah. And the other thing is like get exposure to a lot of different things. You know, we have our course. There's been plenty of other material, but it's always you got to mix things up. You got to get a, yeah. a new set of eyes, a new set of problems on on what you're um, practicing. So good advice. Absolutely, yeah. What tips do you have for those taking the same depth exam as you for transportation? Any tips there? Good question. I felt like the Six Minute Solutions book that I used had the most similar types and styles of problems that I saw. But also, just now that the standards and everything are all in PDF format, practicing problems in your PDFs is so helpful but not relying on control F. I feel like everyone I talk to is like, oh, you can just control F. It's not that easy. I promise you. The way they have it set up on the exam is very similar to your CBT simulator, which I really appreciated. I thought that was a great resource as well because it was super similar. Some of the resources, like the roadside design guide, you have access to the whole manual. So yes, you can control F the whole thing. The green book, you can only do that per chapter. So you still have to have kind of an understanding of if you need intersection site distance, that's in chapter nine. Like you at least have to have that ability to know where you're going in the green book. So I guess just don't default to thinking you can just search for stuff because that's not the way it goes. But when you practice the problems with those standards in PDF format, you kind of get used to seeing the chapter headings. You get used to seeing where the information is or where to go to look for that information. I thought that was the most beneficial, especially for the conceptual type of problems that were on there. Just because those are hard to know immediately what the answer is. I feel like you almost want to take more time on those just because they trick you, I feel like, on those a lot. And so if you kind of have an idea, if they're asking about soil stabilization or something, that could trick you into going to one of the standards for that. And the tricky part about that, I mean, if we're talking about like those conceptual theory kind of problems is, you know, all the answers are probably correct, but you're trying to choose like what the most correct Exactly. Too. So they're yeah, all good or, choices. Yeah. Or sometimes they'll have the ones where it's like one, two, three, four. Is it one and two? Is it one, two and four? Oh. Is it, you know, and I had a lot of those as well. But I'm glad you brought up answers, though. I feel like that's a good tip on both the breadth and the depth portion is looking at the answers as well as the question. Because one, it could help you with your units. It could help you in conceptual style problems of like, what is it they're actually looking for? 
and also just kind of seeing, you know, I guess if it's um, like a geotech problem and they're looking for the dry density or something, they just looking at kind of what the answers are could help you get a better idea. If you're just totally stuck on a problem, you can back solve the problem with the answers, um, things like that. So I, I feel like that helped me a little bit too, if I was just totally stumped on a problem during the exam, was just trying to kind of critically think through what information do I have here in this problem? So... Yeah, it's nice that they have the answer selections there so you can reason them out sometimes. Yeah, exactly. A good judgment call. Yeah. Yeah. They give you some good clues sometimes. Any other tips around the theory type questions? Usually that's the number one complaint I always hear is how to prepare for theory questions. And it's like, it's so hard to give you a good answer about that because, you know, they could ask you anything, really anything. And they can ask you stuff not in the handbook. Those are hard. And you provide, you have like the additional 20 problem conceptual. That mm-hmm. again, kind of goes back to what I was saying earlier. You just can't memorize all the conceptual problems that they can ask you. There's a million. So again, just kind of taking your time, reading the problem, read exactly like what they're saying. There was one, for instance, on my exam, I think it said something like, what would be best for soil stabilization or something? And it was like fiber log, silt fence, and they gave me a few other options. And the keyword there was soil stabilization, right? And so you kind of need to seek out those keywords that they give you in the problem. But I do still feel like practicing them is good. So like the practice exams that you have have quite a few conceptual problems on them. The CIRM, I think, has... I guess just like their general sections in the CIRM of like in the soil section or structures, they kind of go through more definitions, like sheep's foot roller pictures and things like that. I feel like that's important stuff to have and just kind of read through. Even though it is a lot, it does take time. You'll be surprised at how much that can help you on problems like that as they come up just because... I feel like having that background or just having seen it once or twice as you're studying, I think helps you just attack the problem that much better. But yeah, it's hard to answer that. I feel like just exposing yourself to as as many as you can is really your only solution because it's really hard to prepare for them. Well, when the exam first went CBT, a lot of people were, you know, already ready to dismiss the civil engineering reference manual, which used to be like the Bible and you're preparing for these exams. And I would tell people, like, the handbook is, you know, going to be your go-to source. Obviously, Mm -hmm. that's it. That's all you got. But it it doesn't really teach you the concepts. It's just charts, figures, equations. If you want to still know that, you have to get some sort of lecture material or get the CIRM so you can read up on those topics. Because I I still think there's value there. I'm glad you brought that up. Well, any other tips surrounding the PE exam that you would want to share with anyone else? I think I just want to reiterate being, you know, this is your moment. And I feel like it's such a big time of your life. It's a big chunk of time of your life as well. But it's important to take the time. I feel like having gone through kind of a couple stints of failing each one, it, a time suck for sure if you don't pass. So my biggest advice is just take the time to study and prepare because it's so worth it, even though it's it sounds like a lot of time. Okay, I have to study for three or four months, but that three or four months in terms of the rest of your life is nothing. So inform your work, inform your friends and let them know what you've got going on. Mine were all very understanding. I feel like I got little encouraging messages throughout it as well. And I really, really appreciated that. And find your schedule, find a good class, find the materials that, you know, are recommended or 
that, yeah, you've heard through work or other people that have taken it. I feel like seeking out advice from others is super important as well, just to see how they passed it. But I think the class and being selfish with my time were the two big takeaways for me. And I feel like it was just so worth it to practice as much as I could during those kind of like three and a half to four months that I did. So, well, I want to end with the question that I started with a long time ago. And that is, did you think that the ultimate civil P review course was worth it? Yes, a thousand percent. <laughs> Absolutely. In both cases, both the FE and PE, I learned my lesson. I am not a self-studier. I need a class. And I feel like your class was perfect for both exams and highly recommend both the breadth and depth for the transportation PE for myself. But I know that the depth also covers all the other disciplines too, and I'm sure they're just as good. So I definitely recommend it. I feel like it saves you so much time and you have a community on Facebook that you can ask questions to. I feel like I was constantly asking questions and you have all the support you can need. I feel like that's just another leg up when you're trying to prepare for these exams. So Awesome. Well, if anyone's interested in that, go check it out. You can find both those courses on our homepage at civilengineeringacademy.com. You can also find them individually on their own websites, which is at civilfereviewcourse.com and civilpereviewcourse.com. They come with lots of goodies, lectures, video, practice problems, exams, all the good stuff to help you crush this thing. So Mackenzie, if anybody else had questions, they wanted to learn from your experience a little bit more or anything along those lines, what's the best way for them to reach out to you? Yeah, I'm happy to chat. I'm in both the FE and PE Facebook groups. So find me there. You can also message me through email at mckenzie.b.a at outlook.com. I'm also on LinkedIn as well. Um, just Mackenzie Allen. It's M-A-K <laughs> if you're looking for me. But yeah, I'm happy to chat more. I'm happy to help answer questions or anything if anyone needs help. So thank you so much for having me. Thank you, Mackenzie. We'll maybe talk to you later in the future. Sounds good. Bye. Hey, thanks again for listening to the Civil Engineering Academy podcast. Thanks for joining me today. If you want, please leave a review or a comment or a like. They definitely go a long way and share it with a friend because why not? It helps. Hey, if you're interested in becoming a guest, feel free to shoot me an email, Isaac at civilengineeringacademy.com. And if you know anyone or yourself personally, definitely check out our website, civilengineeringacademy.com, where we can help you on your journey to become a professional engineer, whether that's to help you pass your FE or your PE, or just get great career advice. And if if you're interested in becoming a sponsor of this podcast and have an amazing outreach to other civil engineers, also shoot me an email and we'll be there to help you. Anyway, thanks for joining me today and we'll see you in the next one. Bye.